Hey, Friends fans, it's episode eight, and we are talking nanas this week. And no, I don't mean bananas. I'm your host, Regina Adams, and week eight is the one where Nana dies. This is a funny episode, yet such a sad episode. Definitely going to cover my thoughts on all the friends going to the funeral. Find that just a little strange because I don't think they all knew Nana, so I'm not sure why they were all there. Going to cover some of the nostalgic moments of the episode, such as the sweet and low packets. But we also have a number of guest stars, seven to be exact, and a variety of different scenes for this episode. So we have a lot to cover. Let's get into it. Right. Welcome back. I'm at a little bit of a loss here because I don't even know where to start with all of the information we got to get into. And I think I'm just going to start from the beginning, work my way through my notes. We'll get to the breakdown of the timing here at some point, but I just have some stuff to talk about. <laughs> Number one being, I mentioned this in the mini-sode on Tuesday, that opening line is not one of our six main characters is actually a guest star and that guest star is Shelly. So Shelly opens the entire episode much like how I said like the three first guest stars of the very first episode even if they never went on to act again how cool they got to be the first guest stars ever of friends. Shelly I know has done other work Shelly's not her real name. Nancy has gone on to do other work, but how cool because she can say she is the first guest star to ever open an episode of Friends. I don't know if it's going to be any other guest stars that'll open an episode, how many there'll be after her, if there are any. If not, then how cool she's the only one. But... I won't lie, I was a little bummed. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen, and it did, but she did fantastic. Okay, so a couple of things here that I messed up on my end because I hadn't seen this episode in so long and for the life of me could not remember what else happened outside of the grandma's funeral. I remember Ross falling in the hole, and I remember Rachel and her Italian shoes getting muddy. I remember, obviously, Nana dies and the sweet and lows. Like, I remembered all of that stuff, but that's not the whole episode. So when I did the main characters, because I I brought this up before, when I do the main characters, I do it before I watch the episode, because I don't want it to skew my thought process of timing and things like that. But, and I don't want to, what I mean by that is I don't want to select the main characters based on how much time they have speaking because that's not the goal. I want to see if who I envision as the main characters come out as being the most with speaking time. So I only had two main characters for this episode, which is unusual because I typically have three. I think only one other episode I've had two. 
So I only had two and it was Ross and Monica. Obviously the title is about their grandma. Everything you can think about is about them. And we see a lot about Monica's relationship with her mom and obviously just the family unit as a whole. And then just Ross and Monica's connection and stuff. So just Ross and Monica. I will tell you that after the breakdown of the speaking time, I would add a third one here. And we'll talk about that later about who that is. Our themes, our major themes for this, I've got family, death, and relationships. I have family, obviously, because we don't just see mom and dad again. We get to meet Aunt Lillian as well. Obviously, Nana dies. That is Aunt Lillian and Judy Geller's mom. So family's a big part of this episode. Ross and Monica also just like supporting each other in this episode. Every time Monica's getting stressed and like wanting to pull her hair out because her mom's picking on her, Ross is there to buck her up and be like, hold on, we still got a couple more hours. We haven't talked about your boyfriends and your job or any of that stuff yet. And then obviously death just because... Nana dies. That is obviously a theme and in dealing with death of a loved one, going through a funeral, having a reception, just going through all that stuff. And then relationships. And what I mean by relationships is not so much romantic relationships, but more a family dynamic relationship or just friendship relationships. And the family dynamic sense of it, we learn a lot about Monica's relationship with her mom. And realizing that her mom is actually very much like the grandma was nitpicking every little thing and judging every little thing that Judy Geller was doing in her life. She talks to Monica about that and Monica sitting there calling her eyes and chuckling to herself, realizing, oh my gosh, this is what you do to me. And so we have this dynamic when it probably wasn't the same level that the grandma did it to Judy, but it trickled down, right? There was that trickle down effect of that's how she was raised. And so it just becomes part of her character and her nature and who she is. And so she, it trickles down to her raising her daughter that way. And then friendship relationships. What I mean by this is how all the friends go to the funeral and the reception. Maybe I just don't have friends that close to me in that way, but I wouldn't imagine any of them had ever met the grandma other than maybe Rachel, just because Rachel is a childhood friend that grew up on Long Island as well. So I just find it odd <laughs> that they all went to the funeral. Maybe they all could go to the reception and be there as support when that kind of a thing. But to all go to the funeral was just different to me. Of the funerals I've been to, it's almost always been just family. I haven't really ever noticed that like a random friend was there that potentially didn't even meet the deceased person. So I found that really odd. <laughs> Please tell me if my thought process on it is odd and that having a friend be there. I understand like they're for support and stuff, but that's what I mean by they could have just gone to the reception and support versus the actual funeral because that's, I don't know, a little more personal. There's just, there's more to the actual burial and funeral part of it. We can even see how disengaged Joey is. He's listening to the football game the entire time he's there. And that could be something that's common in other cultures. It could be something that's just common with certain families. It's just not something I've experienced. And so that was always something that was funny to me that they all went to the funeral. <laughs> Tell me how you feel about that. If that's something you agree with, if you disagree with that, if you find it weird. And then relationships also, we do hear about Paolo still a little bit. So obviously Rachel and Paolo are still together. Paolo's back in Italy for this episode. He sends her these Italian shoes that are beautiful. Ross is still rolling his eyes about the whole thing. So obviously they're still together. That's still a thing that's happening. So just a variety of relationships happening in this. As far as outfits go, I had very little to dislike in this episode, which is 
probably the first episode where I, I've liked a majority of what the cast was wearing. Even the opening scene in Monica's living room. Ross is the only one I'm like, eh, I don't love the denim looking shirt with this really awkwardly long big tie. As far as like sets, so we've got a couple of different scenes here. We have the hospital room. I'd have to really pay attention to details on if this hospital room is the same that we see in later episodes when we have a variety of different hospital rooms that we're going to see throughout. We'll have Carol's birth. We'll have Rachel's birth. We'll have Phoebe's birth. We'll have Joey with his kidney stones. I think we even have the monkey in the hospital room at some point. Yeah, we just have a variety of hospital rooms that we're going to see. Could very well be the same set, just slightly changed up so it looks different. We also have the hospital waiting room that's like right outside the door, which I thought was weird. But obviously it's a set. You got to make it realistic. Oh, we also have Rachel's dad in the hospital too, in that hospital room. And then the flashback when Phoebe's in the hospital room. We have so many hospital room sets, not including the ones for the days of our lives, Drake Ramore scenes. These are all just part of the regular episodes. So yeah, we've got those two. And then obviously we have an outside scene at the cemetery. We have, I, I think it is, I'm assuming, and I'm pretty sure it is, it's Jack and Judy's house. That is in this episode. I think it changes later on when we go back there. I think the staircase might be different in a different place. But we do see the inside of their living room. And then we have Chandler's work, obviously. Before we saw his cubicle and now we're getting to see his break room, essentially, that's there. Which I think is funny because it's a very tall building. Obviously, there's a lot of different people Not sure how large the firm is that he works for, but obviously there's different departments and and payroll and HR and whatever all there. I feel like that break room is really tiny (laughs) for something that I feel like probably has, I don't know, upwards of 75 to 100 people working in that office, I would think, in New York. I just felt like it was a really small little break room. Still fun to see that, though. It's always good to see extra sets, different things, different scenes. It just breaks up the monotonous of everything else. We don't get a lot of time in the coffee house. There's not a lot of time spent there. We open up at Chandler's work. We close at Chandler's work. We have all those other scenes. The other scene I actually just remember that I didn't talk about was we have Nana's bedroom as well. So we've got that scene. And I think the only time we're in the coffee house is right before the closing scene when we go back to Chandler's work, when they're sitting there looking at the photos interesting that there just wasn't a lot of the coffee house. I don't know how sets work and I don't know how that stuff all goes into production and whatever that when you have that many extra scenes, do they take down the coffee house to put those scenes up? Does the coffee house just always stay there no matter what and everything else is built around it? I don't know. So if you know those things, if you have the inside track to how these studios work, fill us in. Because I'm always curious about, did that Central Park set stay up? And did like Rachel and Monica's apartment and the guy's apartment, did that stuff stay up for the entirety of the show? Because like we haven't gone back to the guy's apartment in a while, right? We've only been there once. We haven't gone back there. So was that torn down in between before we bring it back or does it stay up? I don't know. Okay, so to get into our lovely breakdowns, like I said... There was bound to be upsets with having this many guest stars in here. We had the seven guest stars. We're going to start with their timing. And I'm going to tell you right now, yes, there are upsets. Yes, there are some that have more time than our main six. Not very many, but there are some. Okay, so starting at the bottom of our guest star list, we have Nana's nurse. She has two seconds. Very small. It's a very small blip of the episode as well, being at the hospital. 
She doesn't say much when she's there. Next up, we have Andrea, who is, again, the person that interacts with Chandler at the funeral reception. She only has four seconds. It's very small as well. And then we have Aunt Lillian. Aunt Lillian is coming in towards the bottom of the pack. She only has 13 seconds. Not crazy surprising. It's... Yeah, okay, makes sense. She's not like a big recurring person. But at the same time, I feel like she should have been towards the top just because it was also her mom and obviously we're introducing her. But she's actually outperformed by not just Shelly, but also Lowell. And (laughs) I didn't remember how much Lowell spoke. I knew that he had the little back and forth with Chandler, but it was more than I remember it being. And Lowell comes in the closing credits only. That's the only part he's in. He's got 21 seconds of that minute and 13 second closing credits that we have. So he's a good chunk of that closing scene. He's got 21 seconds. And then we have Shelly, who's at 37 seconds. And she was very close to Jack. Jack Geller's got 39 seconds. And then taken our guest star top spot is Judy Geller. So She has one minute and eight seconds. If you've been listening thus far to this podcast and watching our breakdown graphs come out, you know that our characters sit anywhere from one to three minutes. Occasionally they pop up towards that four minute mark, but really it's between one and three minutes and occasionally they drop below one minute. So having a guest star with a minute and eight seconds is a lot and It definitely surpassed some of our characters. Before we get into that, though, I am going to tell you two other crazy things that happened. Number one being the compounded time. So I didn't think there was enough changes in things to get the compounded time where it was. But obviously I was wrong because last week Chandler and Rachel were separated by less than 30 seconds on their timing, which meant that for an upset to happen, for Chandler to overtake Rachel's position, he had to have more than 30 seconds time than she does. And that just barely happens, but it does. (laughs) Right now in the top spot, we still have Ross. Ross is hanging out at the top with 21 minutes and nine seconds of compounded time for eight episodes. Then Chandler's in number two. So Chandler, if You remember a few episodes ago, he was towards the bottom. He was in that lower three. Ross, Rachel, and Monica were in the upper three. In week six, we saw Chandler take over Monica's role. Not take over her role, but took over her spot on the compounded time. And then we had nothing change last week. And then this week, we are seeing Chandler take over Rachel. It'll be interesting to see if it, again, if it stays that way. If he drops back down, if Rachel or Monica gain their ground back before the end of the season, the gap between Rachel and Monica is getting much larger, especially after the last three episodes. Monica's timing was pretty low. Rachel's had some low time the last three episodes, but I think average consistent Monica has been a little bit lower just to keep her down there. So Chandler's number two. He's got... Almost 17 minutes. And then Rachel's at 16 minutes and 54 seconds. So they're about six seconds apart right now. Not a huge gap. It's a smaller gap than what we saw last week with just under, I think it was just under 30 seconds between them. Going into Monica in the fourth place, she's got 15 minutes and 27 seconds. So she's a full minute and almost 30 seconds below Rachel. So there's going to have to be a pretty big time for Monica and a pretty small time for Rachel on a couple of episodes to get that to move back up. Then we've got Joey. He's still in fifth place, even though he had 
the least amount of time this week, he's still in fifth place. It wasn't enough to upset between him and Phoebe. Total for eight episodes, he's at 12 minutes and 19 seconds. And then Phoebe is at 11 minutes and 51 seconds. So she's still down at the bottom there. We've really only seen one episode where she's been one of the main characters. Joey's had, I think, two that I've put him as a main character. But Phoebe's really only had one where she's truly part of the title storyline. So I don't know that we'll see Phoebe pull ahead outside of that bottom spot in season one. I know we're quite a few episodes out still. We're only in episode eight, but quite a bit has to happen. She's not terribly behind Joey, but he had less time than her last week and he had less time than her this week and she's still not catching up. So there's going to have to be a pretty big distinction between them. And that's the problem is that Joey Phoebe are not having massive differences in their timing to really have that offset except for in episode six. And that is when Joey overtook Phoebe because he had such a significant extra than what she had for that episode and timing that he was able to overtake that fifth spot. But it's going to be, I think it's going to be challenging for Phoebe to come back up. But who knows? In two episodes, I'll probably be eating my words. (laughs) And Phoebe will be in the fifth spot. I don't know. We're going to find out. Uh, But that's where our compounded time is right now. Ross, like this Phoebe Joey situation, I don't see Ross coming out of that top spot. It's going to take a lot to get him out of there, especially considering that he's going to have the birth of Ben later. He's going to end up in China and come back with Julie. All those things that are going to be happening later on this season. I just do not see Ross coming out of that top spot. I think he's going to be our number one guy for this season. All right. So then going into their individual breakdowns guess who's at the top it's ross (laughs) but not a lot of time so ross only has two minutes and five seconds this week that puts him at the top not a huge significant thing but it is more than 30 seconds above our number two spot and number two is actually chandler with a minute and 32 seconds was not expecting chandler to be in the number two spot now that i've seen the episode And now that like almost immediately when the episode started, I knew that I messed up and Chandler should have been one of the main characters. But like I mentioned, I picked those before I watched the episode and Chandler should definitely be on that list. He is post looking at the episode considered a main character and not just on timing. He does have a storyline, right? His storyline is that his coworker was going to set him up with one of their other coworkers and she thought he was gay and (laughs) he's not. And he had an internal panic about it and wanted to go talk to the friends about it. And what is it about me? What's going on? Like, why do people think this? But it's really only women that think it isn't the guys. So he does have a storyline here. And he opens and closes the show. Like his work brackets the show perfectly. And he has our closing line. So he's definitely one of the main characters, even just not looking at the timing. I just had spaced that part of the episode. It wasn't something that I remember for some reason. It just didn't stick out as much. And then our number three spot, we've got Monica, who is at a minute and 27 seconds. So she's just barely behind Chandler, not by much, but still in the top three, given that she's one of her main characters. I did expect a little more time from her just because it is her grandma that dies. It's I think Chandler had a few more longer moments of speaking in this episode, and that might be what kicked him up just a bit above her. And then our bottom three, we have Rachel, Phoebe, and Joey. Rachel's coming in at barely a minute. She's barely a minute in this episode, so not a whole lot of time this week for her. We've got Phoebe, sadly, down at the bottom. She only has 42 seconds. And then Joey's all the way at the bottom at 35 seconds. 
I think this would shock me more if we didn't have as many guest stars as we did, because I remember episode two, Phoebe and Joey were very low on their time. I think Joey was actually under 30 seconds on that episode. Phoebe was just barely over 30 seconds in episode two, and Joey was under 30 seconds. And that was really shocking in episode two. Again, episode two is when we had eight guest stars. So we're seeing these characters that are not part of the main storyline really fall down to the bottom and really have less time when we have mass amounts of guest stars. So we're showing that again here. Now, if you remember what our guest star time was, Joey's at the bottom of 35 seconds, which means he has three guest stars. Judy, Jack, and Shelly all have more time than he does. So he has three guest stars ahead of him. That's the part that blows my mind is, yeah, we have a lot of guest stars, Yes, we still have our main characters. Obviously, some of them are going to suffer just a little bit with their timing just because we have to make room for these guest stars. But to still have three guest stars be above him is a little crazy to me. And then Judy Geller actually has more time than our bottom three. So she had a minute and eight seconds and she's above Joey, Phoebe and Rachel. So she's above all of them because Rachel's just barely a minute. She is... Only 20 seconds off of Monica. She gave our crew a run for their money this week. And rightfully so. It was her mom that passed. And there's the big storyline between her and Monica's relationship. Not unusual. It's not like she's just some random character that's part of it. She's part of the main storyline and the main theme of the episode. Okay. The final shocking moment for me that I just find so crazy. And this, again, I need to put all this stuff on one, one sheet so I can see it all together. But I'm pretty sure this is our smallest amount of speaking time total for our main six cast. Again, episode two is the only other episode that looks like this one does because we had eight guest stars in episode two. And so with the eight guest stars in episode two, there was nine minutes and 52 seconds for all six of our main cast which was about anywhere from three to four minutes less than the other episodes. Episode eight with seven guest stars, we only have seven minutes and 20 seconds. So of the 24 minute runtime, seven minutes and 20 seconds is our main six talking. That's it. We do have um, our guest time again is a little on the higher end, but it's total for all the guest stars is three minutes and three seconds. And that total time for all the guest stars surpasses all six of our stars' individual time, which not surprising because their individual time wasn't that high this week, obviously with only seven minutes and 20 seconds combined. But that brought our total speaking time for the entire episode, main six and guest stars, to 10 minutes and 23 seconds. The kicker, this is the part that gets me, is I'm pretty sure... This is our first episode where the total speaking time is less than the non-speaking time. Every other episode, it's been close. Our six main characters may be less than non-speaking, but total with the guest stars, we usually top out above the non-speaking time, no matter what. Even if it's just like by a blip, we usually have more speaking than non-speaking. And this episode is a full three minutes and some change over 
the speaking time is non-speaking. It's a full three minutes and some change. It looks nutty. Like the graph is it just crazy to me. So I want to break that down a little bit because where is that non-speaking time at in the episode? Again, like always, we have our city panning scenes. We have our fade in at the end. We have our 45 second opening theme song. We have the three second closing credits. We also have in this episode, we have the scene with Ross in the closet at his Nana's house when he's trying to find the shoes. There's a good chunk of non-speaking time there. It's just acting and the, the aunt and the mom are looking at Ross as he's sitting there looking at all of the sweet and lows in the box and the sweet and lows fall over him. That's a pretty good chunk of time where there's no talking. We also have some silence and some non-talking at the hospital, especially when they're in the room saying goodbye to their grandma. There's not a whole lot of talking in that moment. And then there's just some, I don't know, there's just some like quieter moments here and there. And then I just feel like in general, we don't have a lot of Rachel speaking. Even Ross's time is so little that those two that I've identified as being people who deliver their lines in a little bit of a longer way, they don't have as much to say. And their time bundle is not coming from longer monologues. They're coming from shorter spurts of speaking. So there isn't the opportunity to really draw out what they're saying as much, which is leading to the less overall time, their personal less overall time, which is then leading to more dead time in the episode. There's more downtime between scenes. There's more downtime between characters interacting. So This episode just all across the board, right? We had the guest star that had the opening line, which was the first. We had Chandler become the number two compounded time, which he was down in the bottom three initially. We have more non-speaking time than we do speaking time. We have one of our guest stars that takes over the bottom three of our main cast in this episode. There's just a lot of things that are happening right this is also the shortest opening scene still it is tied with last week but it is the shortest one so a lot of cool first a lot of new things a lot of changes a lot of upsets probably one of my favorite episodes to do so far that towards the end it has given me the most results post breaking the episode down so it's been a lot of fun to see all the variety of things that have changed just with one episode and this is what I was looking for is it is this something that's going to be gradual changes throughout or is there going to be an episode that upsets a bunch of stuff and there is now we'll see if there's another one in season one or if this is going to be the one that upsets the most things okay we'll close the episode with a little shout out this week thanks for being part of a main storyline without ever speaking you did great closing the episode Brian Thanks for tuning in this week. Don't forget to follow me over on Instagram at Weenus a Friends Podcast for visuals of each week's data. And if you love the breakdown this week, please go rate and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you're listening. Be sure to join me next week on Tuesday at 11 a.m. for our next mini-sode.